Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orla, your host. I'm glad to be back. It's uh, about two months since I was last with you and talking about healing. Today, I um, I feel to write about salvation and uh, our salvation and what, uh, uh, what we can learn from the Apostle Paul. Now, this title was inspired by an article from a writer um, on Medium, a Christian writer. His name is Ross Thompson. He uh, wrote this article a few days ago, and um, I think it was really good. So it's inspired me. And although I wanted to write about healing, I just feel that this is, um, well, this is important. And I just felt led as well by the Holy Spirit to talk about this. Now, I don't know what's wrong with my throat, but uh, I will be fine once I keep talking. So the title of the article that I'm talking about uh, was written by Ross. is called The Apostle Paul Had No Doubts About His True Identity. It should be the same with us, he said. Um, I have added the article below so you can read it yourself, okay? Um, I want to write about this because um, a lot of his articles are very good and they are kind of a teaching that I really adhere to and believe in. And as I've started a small Christian publication on Medium, um, I do welcome posts like this. So I really like this. Um now, many Christians might have different angles on things or different uh, points of view and perspective. So, you know, we like to read each other's articles in a mature way and to discuss them and to see how you feel about them. So I don't always say everything is 100% what I agree with. And maybe there's areas I'm still even working out myself. So if I recommend an article, it doesn't mean every single point is what I'm uh, standing by. But if it's backed up with scripture, um, it's definitely worth discussing. So uh, I'm going to take you on a journey with this today and uh, feel free to add your own comments. I would recommend you read the article as well because it is a good article and you can read more of his work if you like. He's a, um, a man from New Zealand currently living in Australia. So um, this is what he wrote at the beginning of the article. He says, Paul was clear about who he was and who he had become. He always states unequivocally that God's grace was the driving force behind his life in Christ. Um, and then Paul uh, talks about how unworthy he is to be an apostle. Uh, he talks about that he's the least of the apostles because of who he was before he was saved. And so I'm sure you all know about um, the apostle Paul's conversion, but anybody who doesn't, he was persecuting Christians um, before Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And he was a learned man in the Jewish tradition. He was a Pharisee. He was brought up in the Jewish um, teachings and he was well-learned, educated man. He knew everything. He was um, really, really, uh, you know, excelling in his um, mission as a Jewish 
Pharisee, as a Pharisee. So he knew a lot of people, and he had been taught by some of the best scholars as well. So he was about 30 or so, about the, similar in age to Jesus. And so he was on a mission. He was persecuting Christians. He was torturing them. He was allowing them to be beaten and flogged and thrown in prison and murdered. So he was the worst of the worst. So why would we follow someone like that? The reason we want to follow him is because he had a radical transformation and he was chosen by God for a huge task, which was to proclaim the good news to the Gentiles and the Greeks and everybody outside of the Jewish. But he also had to, he also had to go back to his own Jewish people and preach the truth about Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, so his um, mission after he was saved was really difficult. And he wrote most of the New Testament. So um, definitely a person worth following. And after reading this, I reflected on it. And to be quite honest, sometimes I'm following Paul more than I'm following Jesus's teaching because Jesus appointed him to preach the good news. So he's done all the writing and all the teaching. And he always points to Jesus and glorifies Jesus in everything that he does. So he is, in a sense, totally transformed. And he says, not I that live, but Christ that lives in me, the hope of glory. So St. Paul or the Apostle Paul is totally given over completely to his new life in Christ. So why am I talking about this today on this podcast well, why are we not like that? Why don't we see more people like him today? Aren't we meant to be like this? Aren't we meant to be living on fire, filled with the Holy Spirit, proclaiming the good news of how God saved us from a life of sin and death and be transformed? Is that not the calling of every born-again believer? So that's why I want to talk about this. And to be honest, when you go around to different churches, it can be a little bit disappointing to see that this is not happening. People are a little bit dead. So, um, so let's have a look a little bit further. So we need to be more like Paul. So how, how does this start? How, how do we become more like him? Well, starting from the beginning, it starts with our salvation. First of all, we all have to see and know that we are saved. Some people don't even know what that means fully, or they don't even know if they're saved. But to be honest, from the account here that we're going to look further into with the Apostle Paul, there was no doubt at all whether he was saved or not. There was absolutely everybody around him could see the difference. That's why so many people came to Christ, because he was such a witness. This man was totally, 100% against Jesus Christ. He was killing all the followers. He was putting them in prison. He was completely brought up in the Jewish belief, faith. Um, so he was completely transformed. He was a different person. He was not even the same. And we'll see that in the scriptures. And I'm going to add them below. Um, so, first question, are you saved? 
Do you know if you're saved? And what does it mean? Well, we should know at this point what it means. Well, it means to be, um, come to a point where God shows you your sin or you see it yourself. But you see it because God shows it to you. So you are come to a point where you acknowledge that you're living in sin. That's number one. And let's get the basics right for anybody who has a lack of teaching on the Christian faith. Let's keep it very basic because this is how God is. There's two ways to live before salvation, which is walking in darkness. So it's you're actually living an evil life. Now, some people are horrified and say to me, you act like I'm evil. I've had people say that to me. You act like I'm evil. <laughs> and when at first they would say that to me, I would think, oh gosh, that's a terrible thing. I shouldn't call them evil. But actually the Bible says they are because they are under walking in the dominion of darkness, which is the father of lies. So Satan is known as the father of lies and God is the father of goodness and love and uh, salvation. God is the God of light, truth, and love, and uh, is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So the other life before that, from the fall of man, is it, you're walking in darkness, which means you're walking in sin. So I've decided today, before I just did this um, podcast, I wanted to refresh myself a little bit in the book of Acts, you know, you know, if I'm going to talk about it, let's refresh myself in it. So I decided to listen to it by audio for a change. And I just listened to the whole book of Acts today and um, by audio. So it was really nice just to let it all wash over me, you know. And um, there's no mincing with words. As Ross said in his article, you know, Paul was a straight-talking man. And I'm fairly straight-talking too. So why can't we all be like that? Is it so bad? Oh, everybody's offended nowadays. Don't say that to me. Don't tell me I'm sin. I'm living in sin. You're self-righteous. I'm not self-righteous. I am righteous. I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus. I'm made righteous, not by my own works, but by my own faith, faith in Christ. I'm not righteous by myself. I didn't do anything to be righteous. I was a complete sinner. So I am righteous now by faith. Is given to you as a free gift. It's not self-righteousness. So, uh, you know, he would say straight to people and listening to that today, not just him, but, you know, Peter as well in the Bible would say to somebody, you're an absolute sinner. You're just lying and cheating and we're just not going to tolerate it from you. That's the way they say it in the Bible, in the book of Acts. Or they say to them, you were demon-possessed. And they say, come out. Come out from them, you know, the demon within the person. You know, I was talking, you know, they're talking about people that were into sorcery and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, so there was one woman in the Bible, one woman, in, and uh, she was uh, into sort of witchcraft and sorcery and everything. You know, she was shouting after them as they were uh, 
you know, uh, going from town to town, you know, and they were proclaiming the, the truth through the gospel. And she was shouting, follow those people, they are following God, you know, but she was completely like uh, following Satan. And so she was just driving them crazy. So, you know, they just says, come out, come out from her spirit of darkness, demon, the devil. So uh, we need to get to a point where if you're going to be a Christian, be a Christian, be a believer and follow the truth. Don't do this nicey, nicey thing. It doesn't work. It's not even the truth anyway. So uh, don't be afraid to tell people, well, you know, what you're saying isn't true, you know, because the Bible says this. Now, we don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to use bad language. We don't have to be really like, um, you know, we can choose our words, you know. We can choose our words. We don't have to. But you have to come from a point where you say, I'm not saying this to be above the person. I'm saying this because they're not right and they're walking in darkness and I'm going to help them. And you might have to run away and be hated by them, you know. But just think about it. The Apostle Paul was stoned. And he knew when he was going that he would be stoned. So God chose him and he told him that you were going to have a difficult calling. He knew it when he started to follow Jesus because Jesus had told him that he was going to have a difficult, he was going to have hardship. It was the calling that God gave him. We don't know why I was thinking about it myself. Why did God give him such a difficult calling? Well, maybe because Paul thought, well, I killed so many people and I was so bad and so rotten and so evil. He was killing Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. He knew that he, everything that he had done up to that point of salvation was worthless. So he thought to die for Christ was better than to live the way he was living before. So you will read, if you go through the book of Acts, you will read uh, here and the audio is good as well. I enjoyed the audio because, you know, it just kind of got the whole thing very quickly. It was very good. But, you know, he's going into towns. He's rejected. They're shouting at him, screaming at him, fighting with him. There's, everybody's getting upset everywhere he goes. He's a, you know, people get upset when they hear the, the truth. That's nearly a sign. Why are they getting upset? The truth hurts people. They don't like it. So he had all this and they were stoning him, sending him to prison. He was in trial here, trial there. He had to stand before all sorts of judges and everything. Um, and uh, he was beaten and flogged. Not just him, his other disciples as well. Um, but mostly him. So, <clears throat> you know, what, and what do we do? What do we do in the 21st century Christians? I don't know anybody who's been flogged, beaten or thrown in prison, although there are persecuted Christians around the world. So uh, maybe not now in the West, but there are in other parts of the country or in the world. Okay, so I think what I'm going to do is just read this out to you. You can get your Bible now or later. But I think I'm going to read it out because it's so beautiful to read what actually happened to him. And it's from Acts 9, verse 3 to 20. And this is when 
at the point in um, Paul's life when he was on a mission to go to Damascus to start persecuting more Christians. And at that point, his name was Saul. He was called Saul until God converted him and changed him. And then he gave him the name Paul. So when you hear Saul, we are talking about Paul. So, um, okay, so verse 3 says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground. When he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. After that then, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. <clears throat> so uh, I've left that there. You can read it again. You can see what happens in it, how immediate it is. He's blinded by the light. And so what this makes me think, sometimes we think we're so powerful in our own strength. Look at me now. I'm so educated. I mean, we really have to be careful, especially people who are, you know, really people who are preaching and, you know, have learned the Bible and they're scholars of the Bible. I mean, he was a scholar of the Bible and he was a preacher and a teacher in the synagogue. So, I mean, this is for, this is for leaders really as well, like not just all of us, ordinary people. So, um, yeah, so he was so powerful, he thought he, you know, like he really did think it. He was deceived by the devil. He thought he was doing the right thing. And then, in a flash of light, that's it. His whole life has changed. 
So God is that powerful. So in lesson number one, don't ever think in your own strength that you have any power. We don't have any power in our own strength. He was just down to the ground and his two friends were watching. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't get the revelation that Paul got in that instant of light shining and Jesus speaking to him. When Jesus spoke to him, there was no dialogue after that. Just go. (laughs) There was no big conversation. So that's what it's like when you have an encounter with Christ. There isn't a big, long conversation. The light is the conversation. I had an experience myself, and I remember that I had an experience of Christ coming into my life. You know what? I didn't say anything. Why? Because you're arrested by the Spirit. As someone used once, and I said, that's what it's like. You don't have words when the light of God is shining brightly, telling you, go. So he just went, and that was it. And so he just gets up and he goes and he was blinded for three days. I think that's also quite significant, blinded for three days. That was his waiting period. He fasted. Well, I didn't say he was fasting. He just didn't eat or drink. He probably fasting. He knew about fasting. So maybe he's, that was his inclination. Or he just couldn't eat or drink. So for three days, he goes and he's blind. And he started to pray then. So it said that he was praying when uh, the part with Anais. So then he was praying, and when he was praying, he got this vision about Anais. Anais came, and that was the confirmation that God was going to send this holy man to, uh, you know, return his sight to him. So that he wouldn't have any, you know, idea that, oh, well, you know, I had sand in my eyes. It's amazing how people say that nowadays when there's a miracle. They have a miracle in their life and then they say, oh, well, maybe the doctor was very good and gave me medication. And the doctor themselves could probably even say, I didn't do anything. So there was no doubt about it. He needed someone to come and lay hands on him. Okay, and so the laying of hands. And the more I read and listened to the book of Acts, Uh, The power of the laying of hands says that the Holy Spirit just comes upon them. So Jesus, who appeared in blood, he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Ananias said. So Ananias laid the hands on him, healed his sight and filled him with the Holy Spirit. So again, us as believers, Many people say this isn't true. Many believers say this isn't true, but I'm just reading what's in the Bible, so go read it yourself. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we are born again, we are receiving the Holy Spirit. You can go and have laying of hands if you want confirmation, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. Um, um, And then it says he got up and was baptized. So are you baptized? There's another question. Are you baptized? I'm just going through the list of salvation. <clears throat> I know a lot of people say baptism doesn't save you. No, it doesn't save you at all. Baptism came after it. You notice in this account, he got up after and he got baptized. So the baptism is a kind of a declaration of your faith. Here I am. And especially in those days, I mean, 
So, you know, he didn't get baptized. Jews didn't get baptized as adults. So he's going to get baptized. So that's quite radical. It's radical to get baptized in adult baptism. And then taking some food, he regained his strength. And then he just immediately started. It says, at once he began to preach in the synagogues. In the synagogues. So he went everywhere, but he even went to all the Jews. I mean, that was dangerous for him, but he didn't care. And that's another thing that Ross said in his article. He says that he, Paul just didn't care anymore. Paul didn't care anymore. He didn't care about his reputation. He'd built up this amazing reputation, and now he didn't care what people thought of him. He'd lost that reputation. It was gone. So there, he's going into, so he's preaching to Jews and Gentiles and Greeks, and then he goes into the synagogues, and they're like, we thought he was a Pharisee. What's he talking about? So can you imagine? It's quite radical for the time. It was a radical transformation. So the second question here, um, to look at your own salvation, is, is your old life gone? Because Paul completely changed and he didn't look back. And this is the point of that article I'm referring to. It says he didn't look back. Paul, once he got his salvation, he didn't want to look back because he knew he was wrong. He was convicted. You know, he was convicted once and he didn't have to look back. I was totally wrong. The way I was living, I didn't know anything. You know, that's it. New life for me. That's what he did. And so have you done that as well? Have you done that? Is your low life gone? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Is all your, you know, were you washed clean? Your sins were washed away? So immediately it changes us. The sin is gone for you. Have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb the blood of Jesus. Now, in Ross's article, he argues that we should not be living like defeated Christians um, where believers are always saying, oh, I sinned a little, I have to confess and repent. Oh, I better keep an account. So this is what his argument is. Now people will say that you have to keep accounts. So, um, you know, but... That can go too far. It's kind of like an excuse to not walk in the power of your salvation, the power that you've been given. So if you kind of live that way, it's really like you're not really going to have many results. Because you're kind of looking out for sin instead of pointing and focusing on Jesus. If you fix your eyes on Jesus and the purpose of your calling, then you won't have to be struggling with sin. So uh, so when you receive the Holy Spirit, it turns you in a new direction. So that's the way it should be. And I had to reflect on this myself because there are lots of uh, unusual teachings out there. You know, they love to sort of weaken you, make you weak. Yeah, so you get the power, you get saved, and you're totally on fire, and you're full of power and strength by the Holy Spirit. And then you go into churches, and they start weakening you with their bad teaching. But the thing is, I had to reflect on it because I thought, all right, so when I was, did I sin after I've saved? It's 20 years now. So I had quite a radical tra transformation, and 
I was very depressed and, you know, living terrible. To me, it was a terrible life anyway. Some people thought it was okay, like it's normal nowadays. But to me now, it's like, what a fruitless life I was living. Thank God I was saved. So I knew for sure that I had been changed. So when I look back, I was thinking about it. Was I, did I sin in those last 20 years? Was I always struggling with sin and tripping up and going into sin and going back? Actually, I said no. I hadn't been sin. I, I don't remember at all that I was struggling. You see, this is where the devil might try to catch you. Yeah, I had a lot of struggles after I was saved. But my struggle wasn't with sin. My struggle was trying to keep going forward, to keep going forward and to be, you know, kind of get strong. And what it was, I noticed, was um, a kind of patterns, you know, these patterns that we develop in life. It's almost like uh, this autopilot where we used to do things a certain way. And so the struggle wasn't sin. It wasn't that I wanted to do anything from before. It was that it was just like old habits to to feel, to go back to this situation or that situation. But when I go there, it was not what I wanted because my spirit had been changed. So I used to struggle with what am I doing here in this environment? Like I might go back to a, a party that in the past might have been something I would go to. And then I go to it and go, well, I could see it was like the scales were lifted from my eyes like Paul. And I thought, I'd say they're all being, you know, they're drunk or they're being unfaithful or they're just, you know, my eyes were really open. Things were... I didn't want anything to do with it. I, so the struggle was having to leave the old life around. And did I change? What you, I, I said, well, it turns your whole life around. Absolutely. The minute that happened to me, I changed everything. Radically. I had to stop my job because it was terrible at the time. I had to get a new job. I had a boyfriend who was didn't care about me. I didn't know that because I didn't know what it meant to be loved properly. He didn't care about me. He was only using me for whatever, you know, for his own ego. He wasn't really saved. He used to pretend he was, you know, you know, he'd come to mass with me sometimes, but I, I knew when we were in mass, he was only doing it to look good. He had to go. I, uh, started to work part-time. I studied theology. I got new friends. I prayed. I got the Bible. I didn't know what I was doing with the Bible because I was Catholic. I didn't know anything about reading the Bible. At least Paul knew the Bible. <laughs> and so I had to learn more about the Bible. I knew a bit of it from the Catholic Church, but I didn't know about studying it for myself. So I studied theology and I took step after step after step to change my life. I don't think I was really burdened down with sin. My problem was that the old people were still hanging around me. And so that was difficult, you know, because I wasn't strong in my faith. I wasn't I was like, oh, I, yeah, I, I'm following God. Oh, look at her. She's following God. You know, my persecution in the 21st century is not quite like uh, St. Paul. But, you know, I had a lot of that sort of people. Oh, look at her. Do you know, I think she's great or. 
or why is she like that or why is she not doing this why is she not doing that you know because I wasn't doing yeah that was my um what I had to deal with saying no to all these parties and things so uh we need to walk confidently in our new identity okay um we need to stand firm like Paul and have no confidence in the flesh. Now, this is what he says, and <clears throat> the Apostle Paul, now he's one of the best teachers you'll get in the Bible, so just get to know the Apostle Paul. If you want to grow in your faith, just read the New Testament. He wrote most of it, and uh, follow what he did with his life. And it's wonderful because he, you know, we can relate to someone like that who lived in sin and changed his life. And it's hopeful for anybody. It just means that it doesn't matter how bad you are. I mean, he was a murderer as well, you know. It doesn't matter how bad you are. There's hope. And he says we are to put no confidence in the flesh. Okay, that's our own strength. This is the new Paul in Philippians 3. I leave it below as well. It says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of, of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is true faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Okay, I'll just leave it there. You can read the rest yourself. Put no confidence in the flesh. So what is the flesh? And this, and for him, it was his achievements. Everything he had studied, everything he had learned. He had such a great reputation amongst, you know, the churches you know, the synagogues. So he was important. You know, he'd got that. And he'd worked hard for that. So that was, but it, it was the flesh. He learned that it was of the flesh. It's also things like lust, greed, sexual immorality, pride, the need for power, boasting, all that. It's all the flesh. Everything's the flesh. The flesh is not just about lust for sex like some people think it is. It's everything. Image, materialism, look at me. So to walk with God, it's a, it's a life of humility, you know, dying to self. And so 
The Apostle Paul is a great example of somebody who has died to self. We have to follow his example. And he says it himself now, you know, at that point he says that as well. So we live by faith in the Son of God, not by works. Um, and Paul learned not to care what people thought of him. So that's another thing. So are you afraid what people might think of you? Here you are. Oh, I'm a Christian. I All my friends are going to say this. Or what about at work? All my colleagues are going to think I'm really soft or silly. Or why? Well, I don't know what you think. <laughs> But, you know, we come to a point, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to walk with God. And the main thing is, um, you know, we have all kinds of people out there. We have uh, the atheists and agnostics and believers. So I will tell you one thing. Jesus doesn't want lukewarm Christians. So either be, a, you know, be a believer and be fervent and get on and find your mission. Ask God, what's your mission? Look at him. He had his mission. He just went on with it. And you can be sure that your mission is always about sharing the gospel. But in what form? You know, like everybody has different ways that they will be asked to do things or to help people. But even if you're asked to help people in some way, we are to give glory to God not to ourselves. So if I help somebody in some situation, they say, oh, wow, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. I say, well, thanks to God that he gave me the grace to be able to help you. Because I was I was in the gutter nearly myself. So like he saved me. And uh, if he didn't save me, I wouldn't be able to help you. So let's be humble. Everything is from God. All your achievements, all your intelligence, all your good looks, all your money, it's all from God. So there's no point in boasting and think it's from you. That's the way we need to be. It's the truth. So um, so to think about your own faith, ask yourself, where are you on the journey? Where are you? And are you like the Apostle Paul? Have you had a conversion? Did you turn from your old life? into a new life and find a purpose that God has for you? <clears throat> Are you fervently going to spend the rest of your days preaching the good news? And that was like, how long ago was that? Thousands of years ago, and we still have problems today. So there's plenty of work to be done in the kingdom of God. So find your mission and just get on with it and just be done with the other life. That's it. You just have to get rid of the other life. Get rid of it. Find a way to do it. Ask God to show you. And remember, you have the Holy Spirit. And being baptized does help. <coughs> I was very slow in getting baptized. But that's because I was still, you know, working things out. I was saved. But I didn't get baptized. But it all comes down to teaching in good churches as well. It's good to get baptized. I think I probably would have been better for me to do it earlier. As I say, baptism does not, uh, it's not about salvation. It's just, uh, it's kind of a declaration. It's an open kind of testimony that you have been changed. So the ducking in the water just means that you are, when you go down in the water, 
It means you're dying to Christ and that old life is dying. And when you come up out of the water, it's fresh new life. And that's the symbolic side of the baptism. Uh, but I think there's blessing in it too. We There are arguments about that. But as St. As Paul would say, don't argue about those little things. Just focus on the main thing. And it is good to get baptized. But we don't have to question it so much. You can talk to God about that. And press on towards the goal which is in Christ Jesus. So that's what um, Paul did. He just said, this is it now. All I do is focus on, press on towards the goal in Christ Jesus. That's my mission until I get to heaven. I wasted enough time killing Christians on the wrong path. You know, I just wasted half my life. Well, he was 30. You know, he's like, this was his thinking. I just wasted most of my life. So now I'm just going to do everything, everything to be right with Christ. Now he was going to Jerusalem and he was saying, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to tell all these Jews because they're just going to listen to me. And God says to him, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to receive you. And he's going, but they will because I, you know, whatever debate, uh, I'm putting my own slant on it, but whatever debate he was having with God, you see, he had a relationship with Jesus after that. So he would have been talking to the Lord saying, but should they know me? I'm Roman and I I know everything about the Bible. Should they know me? They're going to listen to me and I'd be able to change them all. And he was warning him, you are not going to be received by them. They're not going to receive you. And they didn't receive him. They wanted to beat him, get rid of him and kill him. So, um, you know, this is kind of the human side of that fervency. You know, I just do anything for you now, God. I will do anything. I will go back to my people and help them all. You see, the heart is pure then. Love for love for people. When you're transformed, you have love for people. I will help them. You know, you have it with your family as well and your friends. I'll go back. I just I love them. I just want to help them. I just want them to know you. And then you go back and they reject you over and over again. It can happen. So that's why you need to keep your focus on your goal in Christ Jesus and not to, uh, you know, you don't waste your, waste your time in the wrong place, basically. You've got to move on sometimes, you know. you got to move on. People don't receive the gospel. It says just wipe the dust off your feet and move to the next town. And that happens to me sometimes when I'm traveling. Sometimes I go around. It's not even that they don't receive the gospel. They just don't receive me. <laughs> I say, Lord, I'm not going to get any work done here. I just move on. It doesn't bother me. There's plenty other places where people need to hear the message. Some places, they're just more open. And so you can work at your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, so it's kind of, you work it out. You are saved. You have been saved, which means you are transformed spiritually. And uh, you can work at the details with God, you know. You work at the details. You're always learning more and more, but you're not going back into sin all the time. When you when you walk in the Spirit, you won't be you won't be struggling with sin. People who struggle with sin after they're saved, something's not right. Did you really get saved at all? You know, you just get saved and then you don't go to church and you don't pray and you don't read the Bible and you don't do anything. I mean, that's not really being saved, is it? Maybe. You have to question that because 
usually when you're saved you have a relationship with God and then you start to grow and you go to church and you learn more and you get and the spirit you have the Holy Spirit and you start connecting with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in you so if you think you can do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit forget it forget it it's not possible impossible so read the book of acts if you have a problem with the holy spirit and you don't think it's part of your walk with god start reading the book of acts start getting into the new testament reading about the holy spirit just read the bible what it, what does it say in the new testament so um just do it for yourself i mean don't trust me get your bible and take a hold of the life that you have received and walk in it, you know, have it, have a powerful life. And then just declare, you know, boldly proclaim the good news, telling others what God did for you. And that's our calling. And that's why the Apostle Paul is a great witness. There are others in the Bible we can talk about, but I'm just talking about him today. So... <clears throat> So that's all I have to say today. I'm going to write the scriptures below so you can read them and look them up. I also have the article by Ross Thompson that you can read. I really like it. And um, I encourage you to keep walking. And it keep walking in the faith and um, strengthen up your you know, beliefs, your, your faith. Strengthen your faith and walk in it. Um, and if you are happen to be listening to this, uh, the narrow gate is for believers. I mean, it's why I started it. I also write a medium. A medium is more for non-believers who might be happen to pass by and read an article or for new believers or just for everybody where it's called New Creation and it is my uh, a publication. If you're a writer, you can write there. Um, but uh, it is for Christians who are... Um, who know a little bit about God, but maybe they're not, uh, you're new on the journey or something. But I started the narrow gate for people who are walking with God and have a deeper relationship with God already and just really want to like be more like the Apostle Paul. And so I just hope that this would encourage you to just find your ministry and just get into it and focus on it and get around the right people to encourage you. And just leave the old life behind. And if you had a wishy-washy Christian life up to, now, up to now, just repent of that and just say, Lord, I want to be on fire. I want to be, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be like St. Paul. I want to be on fire. Teach me, show me, and tell me what I can do. And I will do it. So that's, what, that's how it is. So have a relationship with God, listen and obey and walk in the spirit. And you shouldn't have any real problems and you shouldn't be a defeated Christian. And you should be joyful, rejoicing always in Christ Jesus. And that is the walk with God. And that's what I believe. And that's what I want to walk in. So I leave it at that because I don't want this to go on for too long. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please leave a comment below or... Um, you send me an email as well. So I hope this was helpful for you and um, I will talk to you again soon. Take care. God bless.